The following is not intended for younger audiences. The opinions expressed do not reflect the views of the podcaster's employers. Now, sit back, relax, and enjoy the one and only Two Dudes, One Double Feature. Welcome, everyone, to Two Dudes, One Double Feature, the show in which two dudes talk two films, and that is about it. I am Dude One, Richard. And I'm Dude Two, Joe. And this is our first official episode of Two Dudes, One Double Feature, really, of 2024. Yeah, uh, we've been working on a bunch of special presentations Basically, (laughs) Uh, which, you know, where uh, it was actually kind of fun. Um, I still got to work on the 2023 one, but I'm I'm really proud of what we did with the Warriors and and the Phantom uh, special presentations. They're pretty fun. I'm glad that what turned what started off as potentially a bad idea became a very good idea. And I am talking about Phantom. (laughs) I know. I know. Yeah. Yeah. So if you haven't if you haven't listened to uh, to any of those yet, um, go check those out. Those are a lot of fun. Yes. Um, I did like, uh, I think you, no, I think I saw in a, in a comment that, that Allison posted, I never thought hearing Richard say to Joey, sing to me, my angel of music was on my bingo card or something. <laughs> and I'm like, I said that, but I believe it. I mean, we, we sang other things and I am. Imp- impersonated what if bradley cooper was a chandelier (laughs) who left christine in the vestibule (laughs) but no this i'm excited um because we've sort of restructured uh this current schedule to sort of because we were getting to a point where we were trying to figure out like how to continue not not the show necessarily but how we want to like go forward with it and, you know, we had some episodes already lined up, but, like, all of it felt like, you know, after, like, like we, we had to finish, like, some, like an obligation more so than something we actually wanted to talk about. And so we just kind of had a powwow, and we came up with some episodes, and this just, this first one just made so much sense. It, it did, but I also, like, the way I described those other ones that we basically sort of, like, kaputzed, uh, I describe it as, like, two dudes leftovers, yeah, you know, it it was like a lot of it was like stuff that we were kicking the can on for a long time. I mean, some of it will materialize at some point, you know. It's Eventually, just, uh, it's just that the ones that we just came up with recently are ones we feel a lot stronger on as far as yeah. uh, episodes at this point in time. And it just, I, I always prefer the episodes personally when we ha- we have an interest in talking about them. As opposed to just trying to fill a gap or something, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like this, this, like as much as it is good to like you know check out stuff that you haven't seen before or like you know fill in some blind spots, uh, but that's not what this show is. The show is just like oh, this is what I'm interested in talking about right now, and so that's what we're yeah. talking about. Sure, sure. 
Um, but before we get into the episode, I must ask, as always, to this wonderfully green-shirted fellow in front of me, uh, who's, sh- who's shimmying right now. <laughs> whoa! whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> yeah, you know it. <laughs> the, the sh- uh, listen, if this was a video, you would really see the shimmy go, like, he's going ham. Uh, <laughs> but, <laughs> dude to Joe, how are you, shimmy, shimmy, shimmy? Well, you know. Uh, I'm doing all right. You know, this week has been weird because of snow, you know, mm. so different things are going on with work and it's just, it's so cold guys. Like I hate winter. <laughs> it, uh, like, especially, it, it is... especially like winter after Christmas, because it's like, mm-hmm. we can, we're done now. <laughs> we're done. It's like, uh, just get me like, like I'm a, I, I just to, I'm a fall guy. Ha ha. I like fall. <laughs> ha, 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 ha. Fall. But actually, but in, a- in actuality, though, I'm not a fall guy. I'm a stand up guy! <laughs> Bringing back that meme. Oh my god. What a, what a throwback. The fact that that's a throwback is even crazier. It's wild. <laughs> um, but what have I been doing? Well, I've been, so this is actually a, a slight tangent and a plug for myself. Uh, I've talked, to quote to quote my boss, uh, my former boss, uh, to make a long story even longer. Um, <laughs> I haven't even started it yet. But, no, so uh, this, I've been thinking about doing something like this for a while now. And uh, this does not affect two dudes, is, is the other thing I want to say with this. Uh, I'm doing a, a solo podcast, uh, what? it's called, yeah. What? What do you mean? <laughs> yes, uh, I heard about this. I uh, just, yeah, just yeah. playing. Yes. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Did I scare you a little bit? <laughs> no, it was just funny. Anyway, uh. Sorry, sorry, please, please. It's, it's all good. It's all good. Um, so, uh, last year I've been trying to, like, keep track. I was trying to, keep, like, watch new things, speaking of which. I was trying to watch a new thing, ever, a new movie or short or whatever every day. That didn't work out exactly. I watched maybe 200 things, which, not terrible, but I'm like, I want to get it much higher than what it was. Right. You know, so... Um, I've decided to not only just keep track of this on Letterboxd, but I've also decided to make it like a running podcast series where um, I each episode I talk about the things I watched that month, you know, and I each month, if there was something really special I watched or there was a bunch of things I watched, I'll have it as like the featured review, basically, you know. Um, so, for example, a sneak peek uh, at what this is going to be. I've been watching a lot of Laurel and Hardy shorts, the silent mm-hmm. ones, but I've also been watching a number, a, a couple of Peter films of Peter Bogdanovich, and that's going to be the centerpiece, the the featured part of the conversation. It's going to be the longer part of the conversation of well, you know, mainly me talking about it anyway. Um, so you know, I just thought, you know what, just to get my thoughts down. Uh, and I'm actually, this is actually going to be more of a scripted series, uh, cause fun fact, this is obviously not a scripted series. What, what are you talking about? Everything we're saying is written down. Nothing we've Gipper. said. 
See, I thought the show was particularly strong when Gifford was writing the show. Then it fell off a little bit. Uh, I mean, you know. he he had he had to leave because he you know we weren't paying him, which is obviously terrible. No. It's um, obviously terrible. We weren't paying the we weren't paying the other writers either. Like no. Wikey did the best he could. Wikey you know? did the best he could, and you know we only had so many Ritz crackers to give out. I mean, it's listen listen Ritz crackers is not a perfect form of payment, but it works for at least three days. Oddly enough, three days is pretty wild. That's the formula. <laughs> That's the formula. So, guys, if you're looking to like save money, there you go. You gotta get the like the, the classic Ritz with the serrated edge, and it's got little sprinkles of salt on it. They love that. Um, no peanut butter though. No nothing. Nothing right. to like turn it into anything. It's just straight. And Gifford just messaged me. <laughs> <laughs> I like the timing. He just knew we were talking about this. He 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 messaged me too. Um, we had to be upfront about this. It could have been a scandal. Yeah. No, because well, G- Gifford was our head writer for several seasons. He was. I mean. He he was the head writer for at least the, the <laughs> he was the head writer for at least the first like five seasons. Yeah, it's very <laughs> strong. He actually, when he became the head writer, we went from Ritz crackers to Oreos. Oh man! And so man, that was like the that was like the Roaring Twenties, and then there was Black <laughs> Black Tuesday happened. We were done. <laughs> um, but anyway, so uh, I'm gonna start doing this. Uh, when when is that date? Just to give you an exact date. Have you I'm recorded anything pre- already? Well, I actually typed up my intro script. Okay, like um, which I'm gonna post probably at the end of the month. And I'm gonna start. I'm gonna post these episodes um, like the first or second Wednesday of each month, nice. because that way it gives me time to reflect on the movies, record. Because obviously, I can't just record it at the put it up at the end of January because that's not fair to the other movies I watch January. You know, whatever. Um, you know, so that'll be up. Uh, the The main episode will be up February seventh. Is will be the first episode of. My show, which I don't think I've said the title of it yet. I was I, gonna, I was gonna, I was about to ask, what's it called? <laughs> it's called Joe's Review Roundup. Um, I was like, when Joe, when Joey told me this, I said, "Can you please do the whole thing in, a, in like a cowboy voice?" <laughs> yeah, but then you gotta listen to him. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean, you don't have to be John Wayne. <laughs> just, <laughs> you can just, you can do anything. There's yeah. two kinds of dudes in this world. There's dude ones and dude twos. This is this is the movie I watched this this month. <laughs> this is what I think of it. Yeah, yeah I'm Randolph Scott. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, yeah. So I'm very excited about this. Uh, like I said, I've been wanting to do like a just uh, do other podcast. No, the internet does not need another podcast. Uh, FYI, <laughs> including. Including what I do, but it's uh, you know I wanted to do it, so it's it's, that's, that's that's all that matters. So you just want to do it, yeah. Um, but that's that's really all that's going on with me. How are you? Well, I don't have another podcast. <laughs> just to throw that out there. <laughs> so it's this is it for me. So if 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 that if you want more, I'm sorry. If you don't if you don't even want this. I'm also sorry, but, but here I am. Um, but, uh, 
I've I've been I've been all right. Yeah, like like you said earlier, it's been cold. Um, sadly, where I work, uh, they kind of thrive on snow days a little bit. So I know tomorrow's just going to be a fun day at work. So we'll see what happens. But lately, I've I've been kind of going down the uh, uh, Dolby Vision rabbit hole. You know, learning more about it since I now can utilize it. And, uh, you know, just note, learning that I already have, like, 200 4Ks that already have Dolby Vision, which is kind of nice. I'm like, oh, wow. All right. <laughs> that helps. Um, and then, like, obviously learning some that have it don't list it on the on the sleeves, which is kind of weird. And then even... and there, And of all the Disney movies, because all Disney movies have Dolby Vision on, like, Disney+, Plus, or at least most of them do, but, like, on disc, five of them have Dolby Vision. And three yeah. of them have Dolby Vision because either the filmmaker who made the movie wanted it, James Cameron, or because they went through a different uh, label, a.k.a. Criterion, when they did WALL-E. But the two that do have Dolby Vision are uh, The Last Jedi and uh, Black Panther, so at least there's some good ones that have it. Well, those are also some older older 4Ks as well. Yeah. But I will say, though, they look pretty damn good, especially based on Disney standards. Yeah. Just going back and watching those, and I'm like, wow, this actually is really impressive, especially when you're not expecting that from an older Disney disc, or at least a 4K Disney disc. Yeah. But, so, that was, that was pretty wild to see that, but... um. That's been, like, the majority of my time, though I have tried to catch up on some 2023 movies. I did watch a little movie uh, on Netflix called <laughs> Maestro. I haven't really talked about it with Joey at all, so I guess this is my way of doing that. Uh, <laughs> I've, I've made little comments here and there when I was watching it, but that was the extent of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. Where do I start with this one? Um, <laughs> start at the beginning. So, I mean, I had an interest in it, mm. admittedly. Like, I did want to watch it. Um, I, I'd heard, I'd seen all the memes. I'd seen all the reviews and stuff. Like, all the vestibule stuff. All the stuff with the prosthetic nose. Um, jo Joey's random... Uh, quotes he would throw at me and I'd be like I haven't seen it yet <laughs> that's that's uh, if there's anything with any with any movie that Joey watches that he either wants me to watch or I, he'll think he thinks I'm gonna watch eventually as long as I watch it so he can send me memes that's when I know he's happy that's important that's the most important because <laughs> then it's like he'll understand this now I could send this to him yeah um but I wanted I, I I'd read some good reviews, I read some bad reviews, but I wanted to go in with just an open mind and my own feelings on it. Um and I like Bradley Cooper. Maybe not yeah. nearly to the extent that my co host does, but <laughs> you're a casual uh a casual Cooper fan. I'm I, I am of the the uh uh casual Cooper uh, variety for sure. I, I've I've enjoyed his uh, other films he did that he did last year when he was uh rocket raccoon sort of and even though the story was really all about him but then he was dead most of the time or in, in a coma and uh 
spoiler alert if you haven't seen Guardians 3, or his uh, wonderful but brief appearance in Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I, I do like Bradley Cooper. And as a from as far as his director efforts go, like I remember, I remember liking A Star Is Born. I didn't love it personally, but I I, I thought it was well done. And I know my mom hated it, but there's a mm. lot of personal reasons for that. Right. Um, but yeah, it was it was it, you could definitely tell like Bradley Cooper knew what he was doing when he was making it. But he definitely has a thing for romantic dramas about musicians. <laughs> yeah, the, the, he he really he really has a theme so far with the two movies he's done. This time mm-hmm. it's based on a true story, though. Um, yeah. <laughs> so I so I went in and I watched it, and like I don't, I don't know, it, like it was like yeah, I do think it was really well made. I know that's you, you were kind of thinking that I would think that anyway. Um, and it was, I liked the, it, it showed like visually its timeline by going from like an old movie aesthetic all the way to like an eighties or nineties movie aesthetic, even with the aspect ratio. I mm-hmm. thought that was pretty cool. Right. Um, there was a point where I asked Joey, I'm like, do they talk like this the whole time? And, and Joey was like, there was, there isn't much of a change, but there is kind of a change. I think, I mm. think, I think the, the vibes and the tempo change a little bit. So it's not necessarily like an old movie talk the whole time. Well, yeah, probably like the, the speed, I guess. Um, but like, cause yeah. Yeah. Like a lot of, a lot of it definitely. And even just like the way that it's framed, the way that it, like, like even if they, they remain with that kind of like affectation or however they're talking, it's, it's, it's different the way it's utilized in like the later parts of the movie. I need to watch it again. Like this is what I hate. Like I hate watching. I hate watching things at home because it's just like it's so easy to watch my mom. It's so easy to pause, mm. and it, you're just like, I'm like Netflix. Put your thing in theater. This would have made at least some money. It probably would have. Honestly, I think it would. Like honestly, sorry, but keep going. <laughs> um, but I liked that. I thought I thought Carrie Mulligan was really really good. Yeah, she's um, great. But you know that's just no surprise really. She's always great. Honestly, um, Bradley Cooper, um, it was pretty solid. It wasn't like my yep. favorite of the performers, but I think that's I also, that's also an effect that can happen a lot with like actor directors, especially when they're starring in their own movies. Um, some are really good at it. Um, some aren't so much. I do think like, um, there's probably a handful of them we could list, but it just, it, you know, depends, but um, I don't know. It's just, I think at the end of the day, so much, cause like, I liked that it, it, it changed its viewpoint that like most, and kind of went steered away from what most music biopics do, which we didn't get the entire life story of Leonard Bernstein. We just got this like moment in his life where he was with, uh, Felicia. Right. Though it may, it, I told this joke, like, this makes me think a lot of Bohemian Rhapsody. Take that how you will. Uh, <laughs> Don't ever mention them in the same sentence. <laughs> it, it's a, it's a, it's a much better made Bohemian Rhapsody. Even then, that's just like, ouch. Because <laughs> you know, you got you got two Oscar Beatty movies where like 
it's about a gay man, but the movie itself is the least gay thing you could imagine. (laughs) (laughs) It's literally like, we'll have a couple of scenes where he's like with another man where they're affectionate, maybe a slight kiss, but it's not going to be seen. It's just going to be implied or like the heads will get close, but you won't actually see anything. And uh, then the only difference is that, you know, Freddie Mercury is the one that got sick and then eventually, unfortunately died. Whereas uh, in this movie, Felicia is the one that gets sick, which that, that like anything to do with like cancer or anything like that in movies is always hard for me to watch. I think, I think it's that, that thing in movies, not to like, not that it's like a bad thing or anything because it's important, but you know, there's that, there's that like, you get nervous kind of thing. Yes. Especially because like, you know, I, like I have cancer in my family, so it's not fun to think about. And then my anxiety like kicks in and it's like, oh boy, guess what you might have? I'm like, no, let's not do that. Let's not put, mm-hmm. let's not put ourselves in that headspace. Right. Um, but no, like, I guess at the end of the day, like I, I admired it for certain, certain aspects. And I think the reason I, I scored it a little bit higher initially when I posted letterbox is that you can't deny that it is, it is well put yeah. together and everyone is doing a pretty damn good job performance wise. It's just, I just don't think I cared yeah. about what was happening. It, I, I just was just kind of watching it and I'm like, all right, this is, this is shot well, or, Oh, this is shot. Well, um, I know people talked about like, uh, the orchestra bit because it, because of like the actors on actors interviews that was going on where Bradley mm-hmm. Cooper like apparently shaded Killian Murphy and it's like I don't even know if he heard Killian Murphy's interview with Margot Robbie and like do you did you hear about that? No, I didn't. So from what I what I can recollect, so um Killian Murphy and Margot Robbie did an actors on actors cuz obviously Barbenheimer and Killian Murphy was talking about how he took like he spent like 6 months preparing for the role of Oppenheimer and during uh Bradley Cooper's where I th- I forget who he was with for the actors on actors but it was um he was saying like you know he spent like 6 years or he spent like a significant amount of time to actually like properly learn or to to conduct right for that one scene and he was like you know we didn't take like like six months or whatever like he said like specifically what killian murphy said and people were like is he shading killian murphy and it's like i i don't think they i don't think he just was watching the interview <laughs> i think he was just thinking off the top of his six, head six months is like a generic like amount of time <laughs> it's it's like it's like when you say 12 12 is a joke it's just easy it's quick you know yeah. when you when you watch a movie and it's like like in guardians of the galaxy like <laughs> like what what percent? Twelve. Ah, that's real. You know, but there is one thing you can talk about with Bohemian Rhapsody, though, with in relation to Maestro, is that Bradley Cooper lost the Oscar for act lead actor. Yes, because of a music biopic, and now he's trying to do a music biopic. Which I can guarantee you, if this movie was made like fifteen years ago, fifteen twenty years ago, it would do. It would be the Oscar sweep. Like it, it would be. <laughs> maestro like mania yeah um if it was like it, it just even like if it was like the 2010s maybe like yeah m- like it would probably have done really well for itself um, but but bohemian rhapsody did kind of kill that vibe effectively because everyone was like huh 
And Rami Malek's in Oppenheimer, which is doing really well in the award season. And he gives a better performance in Oppenheimer than he does in Bohemian Rhapsody. That's, he's a great actor. He's a great actor, but that will forever irk me. But anyway. The irony is he's, he doesn't say anything till the end of the movie. <laughs> Oh my gosh! That's that's the that's that's the the, the harsh like bam take that. But, but but you know what? Another one of my favorite performances of his entirely vocal performance is when he plays Flippy in <laughs> BoJack Horseman. Uh, I do like Rami Malek though. Yeah, but you know that that movie like I wanted to like it, but after but it was quickly you're like no. It's one of those where, like, I remember, like, seeing it, because I, I saw it a little after it came out, and I was hearing so many bad things, and I'm like, it was better than what I thought it was going to be, but then, you like, the more you think about it, like, because the movie it, ends with, like, the, the Live Aid yeah. show, so you're like, you end on, like, a high, and you for, you're, like, almost forget the rest but, of the movie. <laughs> but then, like, but then, like, the crazy thing is you think, like, oh, how well staged the Live Aid scene is, but then it's like... You could just watch the actual thing, and it's just as great, if not better, it, because it's like right. it's actually Queen and it's actually Freddie, and it was that like it was that amazing. So I'll give them points for at least capturing that magic. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm -hmm. But um, I don't know, Maestro. I guess Maestro. Like it's it's in the it's in the realm of Bohemian Rhapsody, but it's much more well made. Much more well made. It's like like. I'll I'll say this much. I want to see a movie where Bradley Cooper does not write the script. Yes, I'll say that. I um, want to, and I'll and I'll say that as somebody who I I really enjoyed Star Is Born, and I really liked Maestro, but the script was like the weakest part of both movies. I want to I want to see Bradley Cooper not try so hard to like, because like it does like I don't want to immediately claim it's Oscar Beatty, but you can't help but like be like it's kind of feels like it. I mean, I wanna... it's just the subject. I think the subject matter, and you know, Netflix wants to get an Oscar. Yeah, it can't help but it can't help but feel that way, though. And when you and you're produced by, you know, you have I think Scorsese and Spielberg are involved in that too. So I think they were it's... both both of them were supposed to direct it at some point, but then neither of yeah. them did. Yeah, I said like there's even just from like a directing standpoint, there's a lot about it that makes it feel like that too, and I'm like. I don't know. I just I I want to see I I but at the same time I do want to see more from Bradley Cooper uh, from a, as a director, right? But uh, maybe maybe just not a romantic drama about a musician. And, I don't know. Maybe just like 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 try something different. I guess is what I'm saying. I guess it, it's it's hard for me to be upset about the sub. I don't want to get into that. Anyway. <laughs> um. But we're definitely get it. we're definitely I think on different paths with this one particularly, but that's okay. Yeah, I think I think though like ultimately like Bradley Cooper is a good a good director. I think um, you know it's it's just it, it's in, it's interesting. I also just hate that I couldn't see this in theater. I know I keep harping on that. It's but just, it's, it's it's a fair feeling though. It, it it's really frustrating because Netflix wants to be oh we want to go for the Oscar gold and stuff, but you won't put your thing in theaters mm -hmm. when you could. You have Bradley Cooper directing and being in your movie. You could have done that anyway. You, you could have. Uh, um, yeah, it is. It is what it is. I mean, I'm glad that they're. I'm glad that people like it. Um, mm. 
You know, I, I, like, I don't think I'm going to pile on and be like those people like that make the memes about it or anything. I'm not going to, cause I don't, I don't like doing that with movies right. I like or don't like. I'm not, I'm not a riff tracker, I guess you could say. I'll, I'll make jokes here and there, but like, I don't, I don't, I don't spend most you of my time doing You don't live for the riff. It. I don't know. It's cause it's weird, you know? Yeah. It's like, mm. you know, not to, not to, you know, go, go out against anyone that does do that, but like. It, I just always found it weird, especially because, like, so many people work on movies, and, like, it's not easy at all. And, you know, especially yeah. these days when you're making shit and you are rushed into something, even things that are good, you know? Yeah. Like, I was talking, like, 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 bef- like, before we started recording, I was talking to Waiki, and um, we were talking about, like, superhero movies, and he was like, I think my favorite might be Guardians 3, and then, like, days later, he messages me today. And he goes, I completely forgot Spider Verse. <laughs> and, oh, and, and he's like, I blame Phil Lord. And I'm like, Yeah, it's probably it's probably you should good. blame Phil Lord. Honestly, blame, him. <laughs> blame him hard. But oh my god. But but no, I, I at least I'm glad I I'm glad I finally got to watch it. Um, yeah. So, and it's not like Bradley Cooper did anything inherently terrible this year or last year. I mean, I liked I like the you know his appearances and other things oh yeah so i would just i just want to i just want to see i just want to see what he can do moving forward yeah absolutely um anything else going on uh not really no that's kind of the extent of it (laughs) i figured i figured this one was going to be kind of an interesting one knowing how i felt about it um but uh i i am excited for our double feature because these are definitely movies that uh, both of us. The first one I was kind of surprised because I know, or the second one, sorry, the second one I was kind of surprised because um, I I would have thought maybe you were a fan of the originals, but then you told me you were like it's not really for you, and so I was like, wow. So I was kind of kind of a surprise, but we'll get into that obviously. Yeah, we'll we'll get to that because yeah. yeah. So so this episode actually um, is a is a is a, is a culmination of different things because on one hand it's a culmination of our second, our both, our mutual love of the second feature. Um, also, um, in our in our uh, late year discovery of <laughs> planes, trains, and automobiles, which we did an episode yes. on, which you should listen to, and then yes. leading and that leading to Joey having an interest in checking out our first movie, which uh, is a big um, family favorite uh, in my house, and so that that was an open opportunity to be like, of course, I got to show this to Joey now. And also shout out to Tina, my mother, who's a huge fan of this movie. I might, uh, if she's not asleep, I'll I'll have her come upstairs and be like, "You gotta say something." Um, we'll see what happens, but uh, no, this 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 was this was an episode that was just waiting to happen, and you know, I'm so glad we're finally here. But bef- but but Joe Dinny Dan, what is our first movie we're talking about today? What is this masterpiece we're really going for today? Is it Uncle Tuck? Is it Uncle, Uncle Luck? Luck? <laughs> is it Uncle? Oh, it's, there's a couple interesting ones you could say. Uncle Cuck. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. <laughs> How about? I have to. I have to. I had to pause on that for a second. I, I I was I didn't want to, but I was so close to being like Carrie Mulligan felt like one of those things at a certain point in Maestro. <laughs> and I felt so I, bad for her the whole time. 
Yeah. <laughs> like, like, no, don't take him to the house. <laughs> not, especially not to West Side Story music. <laughs> but I, I'm done talking about Maestro. We're done. We're Uncle, done. Un- uh, Uncle, let's leave Maestro in the vestibule, <laughs> shall we? With Snoopy. With Snoopy, because it gets lonely in the vestibule, <laughs> as, you, as you know. It's very lonely in the vestibule. Uh, let's talk about somebody who was probably occasionally left in the vestibule, Uncle Buck. Oh, Uncle Buck was definitely left in the vestibule. But he made it known that he was there. <laughs> yes. But yes, Uncle Buck. Um, directed by John Hughes, starring the late, great John Candy. Um, this is a movie that like i said it's it's a massive family movie to the point where um my my parents and even my sister whenever we get like a pet i i am automatically referred to as uncle buck so yeah i am i am the i'm i guess uncle buck of the family i don't know how to feel about it but i i guess i'm i'm honored because it is john candy it's it's like uncle buck being left in the vestibule richard you've, you've made peace with it I'm just, I'll stay there. (laughs) Even if it's my day and a big balloon of me is passing by, (laughs) I'll stay in the vestibule. Can you imagine there was an Uncle Buck, like, Thanksgiving Day balloon? That'd be the most horrifying thing imaginable. (laughs) Just, just... But he's got, like, like either the drill or the hatchet. (laughs) Come on over here, I want to show it to you. Maybe, but you know, it would be the the best part about it though is as it's going by, you'd hear, mm-hmm. yes, yes, because that would be fantastic. But I, I mean, I have a lot. I, I'm I do have a lot to say about this movie or like history with it. But I really want to know your your take on this because this is a movie you were kind of. Ex- I mean, you've seen it twice now, but I want to know yeah. what you're kind of how you got to this point and your overall feelings and everything. Well, I got to this point. It's always interesting, obviously. Um, I'm watching this. I'm like, yeah, this is a, yep. This is a Richard movie. This makes sense <laughs> for the Purnell household. Yeah. This, uh, this would be on, uh, no, this is a really, it's a really good movie. I mean, cause I've seen a handful of John Hughes, like other directorial efforts. Um, and I, I think I would say at this point, planes, trains and automobiles is definitely like, my favorite mm-hmm. um you know and this one this one kind of feels almost like in between like 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 that and like the, his high school you know his high school movies in a sense i guess mm-hmm. um but you know it, it's 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 a good time it's fun it is funny that it becomes it feels like an after school special um <laughs> <laughs> where it's like oh boy he's got he's got to find he's got to find the niece oh boy Stuff's happening. <laughs> Stuff's happening, which is it's pretty intense, uh, you know, when you get to that. But I mean, it, it's it's definitely a lot of fun. It's really funny. I laughed out loud both both times watching this. Um, you know, uh, Uncle Buck as a character uh, reminds me of somebody in my own life. Uh, I'm not gonna say who they are, but they, it, I'm like, that's Uncle. That's that's him. That that person. Mm-hmm. Um, is that a good so, thing or a bad thing? It's a mixture, you know, because it's like it's it's you know because listen as much as you like like Uncle Buck, there's also like okay, <laughs> like, like like 
they make it known in the movie that he's not an ideal person necessarily but he's ha- but yeah. he's he's content i guess he, he's yeah like he's the he's the human equivalent like he his mind he's i'm good enough yeah you know i have no it, job it, uh i get my money from cheating at gambling it, it's it's the ult- like Shanice uh Amy Madigan is, is it's the ultimate I can change him uh, <laughs> you know like, every so often come work okay oh sorry I can't I can't come to work today <laughs> yeah it, it mm. so you're like it, and because you're like okay Uncle Buck is cool but then you're also like Uncle Buck come on Uncle Buck come on come on um the bet one of my favorite things is when he's having the conversation with the mom <laughs> on the phone and it's like oh, oh with like the toilet bowl. <laughs> i've been how, how how many times how many times a day you feed a dog like that how many times a day do you think he eats four or five <laughs> once he eats once a day just once what about what do you does he like water <laughs> <laughs> like yes yes he likes water i would leave some water out i've been leaving the toilet seats up <laughs> see like here's my question how many times a day does Allie, your dog eat oh boy probably like three four somewhere around there like probably about that much just but she's also she's also a big dog like mm-hmm. first being a small dog she's a big dog big small big small she's 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 like um she's like a little pillow <laughs> mm-hmm. okay yeah 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 i yeah. can imagine my pillow eating like you know a couple times a day yeah sure yeah she's like a little pillow because <laughs> i would i wouldn't know because i don't i don't own a dog so i'm like so like in that movie i'm like wait a minute i am literally john candy in this moment how many times a day does a dog eat <laughs> <laughs> See, even I'm surprised by once. I wouldn't like, because the dog probably wants to eat more than once a day. I don't, I don't know. know if, I don't know if it's on like a strict diet or something. I, I like who knows. Like, I mean, everyone takes care of their dog li- differently. As long as you're taking care of the dog. Uh, yeah, 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 know, yeah. Take care of your dogs. Um, but it, it's it's definitely a lot of fun. It's really funny. Uh, Laurie Metcalf is so great. <laughs> In this movie, <laughs> as as not Marcy, Marcy, Marcy. <laughs> I love the way I love the way she pronounced because like they call her Marcy, everyone else calls her Marcy, and then we meet her. My name is Marcy, Marcy Dogrin Frost. <laughs> She's got the hyphen. <laughs> I get she gets compliments on it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, she's she's really good. she's really good in the movie. Like the scene where like she thinks like John Candy is like having sex, like, <laughs> like really <laughs> intense like, sex in the other room, and it's just the laundry <laughs> machine. He's trying to like figure it out. It, it's it's on one hand, it's like kind of a dark moment because <laughs> she's just first off, she's pulling a B and E. She's just breaking into the house. Yeah, and she's oh, like yeah. Cindy, Cindy. She walks in, and then she just hears Uncle Buck banging the uh, washing machine while also, like, just <laughs> screaming things like, Oh, you want me to talk dirty to you? Mm-hmm. Take that! Shh, take that! Shh. Open up! <laughs> and it's like, oh my god. 
but then like the, I like I love that there's like a POV shot of the dog coming up to her and like sneaking up on her and it's just a little just a little just a little lick and then she's like ah! <laughs> and then the, the there's so many great sound effects in the movie too don't know there's, uh, uh, <laughs> there's like there's so many like beautifully cartoony moments like when he's hit by the door briefly (laughs) it's it's in red and then you just hear like a plane taking off as he's going oh (laughs) and then like Um, the the classic like birds swirling just like yeah i said remember i said i love you but it wasn't for tires it was for shocks remember (laughs) uh but just like so like the general gist of this movie just to kind of let you guys know what it's about because uncle buck uh is like this i guess i guess a freeloader would be kind of a way to put it but like like he he doesn't really like mooch off anybody necessarily maybe he, like i don't like to you like like an underachieving maybe maybe yeah he definitely like cuz he lives he lives in chicago he lives by himself he's got a clapper you know and it turns right. on all of Chicago, <laughs> and uh, you know he's he's got a girlfriend named Shanice, and she she owns a uh, auto auto body like like she's like a mechanic or something, mm-hmm. um, and she uh, is constantly like you know work and c- literally there's a job opening for you, and he's like, I'll get to it, <laughs> um. But Uncle Buck's brother, who's much more successful um, and is married and has three kids, uh, is living in the suburbs. Uh, they're still in, like, Chicago area, I'm sure, but, like, they're just a little bit further out. And um, the wife, uh, Cindy, unfortunately finds out that her father had a heart attack. And that, like, that whole scene feels so real because, like, I think I've had yeah. moments in my life where, like, hearing, like, oh, so-and-so's sick or oh so and so's in the hospital so now we gotta go like i remember not to bring up like a sore subject but i remember like when my when my aunt was in the hospital and something bad like she passed away because what was going on in the hospital just wasn't working and she just ended up they just she was just it was it unfortunately and so right. it was like middle of the night you know and my dad heard his sister just died and so that was a huge huge blow and so we we stopped whatever we were doing we drove all the way to cincinnati and we we took care of business and we tried to you know get through it it was it was pretty rough but that i think about that and a few other things when i see that moment because it is so real just like for in the middle of the night to be like oh your dad had a heart attack but of course the unfortunate the more unfortunate aspect at least for cindy is that no one's able to watch the kids except for Uncle Buck. Oh man. <laughs> and so <laughs> that was my transition. Uh, <laughs> so like like I love the bit where the dad's like, "What about Buck?" <laughs> She's like, "Buck." I, I love how anytime anyone's mad at him, they like put an emphasis on the the end of his name. So like so he's like, "What about Buck?" Buck <laughs> is not watching our kids. So she eventually caves and they call Uncle Buck and he comes in and I already love that she's already like made more nervous when he's like, I stopped smoking cigarettes. I'm on the cigars now. <laughs> you know, I went from cigarettes, go to cigars, go to pipes, go to chewing tobacco, and then I'm going to be on that nicotine gum. 
so and you also you also feel like a lot of the dialogue is probably improvised from john candy which if that is the case then bravo yeah because it's so funny um yeah but no he stays and he watches the kids and we got uh miles and Maisie. one of them played by the uh the uh, Kevin McAllister himself, <laughs> uh, Mr. Macaulay Culkin, or um, uh, frequent host or like one-time host of Red Letter Media. How many times? He, he's been uh, he's been like a guest on Red Letter Media a number of times. Um, so, actually, they did. So he popped on their uh, their video about the Warriors. Actually, so there you go. Yeah. So uh, Macaulay Culkin, um, also a, a recent recipient of a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame deserved nice um and uh he plays uh miles and then we have the eldest daughter teenager tia and she's she's like classic teenager everything sucks no one no one lets her live her life it's like daria and, and lydia from beetlejuice have a best friend but they don't like talking to her, and she doesn't like talking to them. <laughs> yeah, they all just um, not enjoy their company. But also, <laughs> like they can't tolerate being, you know, whatever. Um, <laughs> Trying to make it work didn't. But uh, I thought I, I got where you were going. Uh, thank you. Uh, so you know, obviously, like think it's like a, it's just like a like sort of like episodic series of events, like. Obviously, the main thread is with Tia, you know, with her, with dealing with her stuff, because um, she's with, was it Bug? Bug. Bug? Bug. So I'm not one to make fun, like, that's a terrible, objectively terrible name. <laughs> it makes me think of the actor that plays Alfalfa in the Little Rascals movie, whose name is also Bug. Like, his real name, not like, in, like... Gotta, <laughs> gotta figure that out. <laughs> or at least we gotta like change what bug means so we don't you know I don't know because like the, like there's not really like a good way to talk about bug because like you're either a little thing that's annoying or you're just annoying yep <laughs> like mm-hmm. quit bugging me but I, I think like it what I love about this movie though is when like like John candy is unhinged you know <laughs> chaotic <laughs> like, what, good. What it, a chaotic good like he's referring to the hatchet in his trunk <laughs> and he has one <laughs> he has one like that's that's what takes it over the edge it's like it's one thing to like say that you have one and like threaten bug with it but it's another thing to actually be like it's right here <laughs> come on, come on, i gotta show he's it to you so this whole thing he says he can circumcise a gnat and he makes the connection with the guy's name bug and you're just like oh good grief <laughs> And then, like, obviously, there's like the cover photo of that on Letterboxd with the drill, and you're just like, "Oh Jesus, oh man." Then, but it's like you you quickly learn every everything that he, he all the times he's put a scare tactic on Bug are justified because <laughs> Bug was like, a piece of shit. <laughs> Bug's terrible. Like when he find uh, when he opens up that bedroom door uh, when he's at the party, it's like, oof, man. Yeah, oh my God, like Bug, like. I'm not. We're not gonna like go too much into it, but there's a lot of like, let's say S A. Let's let's say that's what it like. Bug is that kind yeah. of person. Uh, but bug, going bug, back, bug yeah. doesn't say. Bug, bug doesn't take no, and so yeah. buck and so buck is like, okay, 
So uh. it, there's like a shot from a horror movie as he's like using his golf clubs. <laughs> I'm like, oh my gosh. Uh, but I, I think also too, like with this and um, uh, 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 Plane Trains Automobiles, we're like, man, this is like a really like well-made movie. You know, like there's some like great shot cho- like choices like uh, that are made and that diner, the diner. Listen, well, like the we one were... scene, <laughs> the <laughs> one scene with this diner, and the diner looks incredible. Yeah, it it's it's like it, it's like we were talking about this off air, like while we're watching the movie, we're like, I hate the appleification of like everything, like. Mm-hmm. I'm sure this happened to you and other people like McDonald's. It used to be like, oh, it's like kind of exciting. It has its own like kind of per- different McDonald's have their own kind of personality. Now mm-hmm. they're just the same. It's just the same shit. You're just getting the same thing. Yeah. There's no, there's no like level of excitement. You're trying. It's like, like it works for Apple, but you can't apply that to everything. Like it's like from a yeah. from a technology standpoint, you could you could do stuff like that, but not everything needs to be sleek or like Star Trekky almost, where it's like clean and white and white or black. Like there's like the modern like the modern sensibility is like it's got to be black or white or both. Yeah, I need black and it's, white. It's like um, and not that this is like I'm not advocating for McDonald's because stupid, <laughs> but like I think about it as a kid, like it was like colorful. It was an inviting place. There were different things that you could look at, and then now it's just like, oh, it's like getting us. It's like getting your phone repaired or like going mm. to some like. I'm like, it, well, there's gonna be a generation of kids where it's just like, what's the appeal of McDonald's? It's, it's, it's just it's everything has lost color and texture. Yeah, like everything. Yeah. Everything looks like, um. Uh, uh, like like one of those rooms that you have to go into, but you have to go in through like a uh, sanitizing room before you go mm. into it. You know, yeah. And everyone has to wear a spacesuit just to handle anything in there. Like it, it feels like that. You know, nothing, nothing really feels like it's got a sense of life to it. Yeah. Sadly. Um, but uh, did this movie do well? That's I'm, I'm uh, that's that's a question I have no answer for. I would, I would like to think so, but I don't know. Oh yeah, it did. Like, <laughs> Thank goodness. Uh, I'm, uh, it's like made about eighty million on a budget of fifteen million dollars. I wasn't sure off the top of my, you know, because sometimes you don't know some of your favorite movies don't always do well. You yeah, know, that's that's the way it goes sometimes. But this one did well, did very well um, for itself, which is very nice. Um, just trying to think if there's anything else in the notes I don't want to bring up. But this is a, it's a really fun, funny movie when he goes to the the school. Like the, the iconic so un- scene, it is so yeah. unhinged, so <laughs> unhinged. Also, like we talk about whenever it, like the the car, the car is like the gunshot sound. Yeah, uh, de- <laughs> definitely like pre Columbine and shit. You know, mm-hmm. like that, uh, like because because it ha- the first time it happens, he's going to pick up Tia from school, and. Like I love the build up though, admittedly, because there's a bit where he's just pulling up. The smoke is literally like mm-hmm. just yeah. thick, and it's oh, everywhere. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And there's even a bit where one of the kids is like, "That's my car, that's my car." <laughs> and uh, there's like a there's like an anticipation with the music, even, and then Buck's just like raising his hand because he knows it's about to happen. 
and then the kids are starting to cover their ears and we're like, what's going to happen? And they just hear, and you're like, nowadays you're like, oh. Yeah, it's, it's not great. Not great. But when he goes in the, like, goes to the school and he talks to the is it the vice principal or the the, is it, I, is it the principal i think i don't think it's the principal i think it is like a vice principal or like a type of vice principal like like another the, administ- like, like, like the disciplinary another one. administrator of some sort um you were bringing this up too is a really great piece of detail like the photograph that she has behind her desk implies mm. that she was like at some like you know, like, 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 I'd never noticed it. Cause like, cause, cause her, cause most of her buildup is in her dialogue where she's like, I have been an educator for blah, blah, point 31, 31.3, I believe 31.3 years. And so you're like, Jesus. But then I look in the background and there's like a diploma or some kind of like some kind of like certificate that says United States Navy on it. And then mm. there's like a picture on the other side of her in some kind of unit, like some kind of uniform, like military, like, like dress uniform, not like, right. like, you know? And so I'm like, wait, did she serve? And then, <laughs> and then she got served by uncle Buck. <laughs> like it almost adds more to him. Cause it's like, you know, he, he, like, I think my favorite thing about uncle Buck, is that, you know, he's got his problems. He makes some bad choices, admittedly. But at the end of the day, he is there for the kids. Yes. He is there yes. for the kids. He he takes his job watching these kids so fucking seriously. To the point where he makes giant pancakes for Miles' birthday. Like, these yep. pancakes are huge. <laughs> and then he punches a clown because the clown is drunk. And he doesn't want the, the clown around the kids. <laughs> Like, Uncle Buck is, like, Uncle Buck is better than Liam Neeson had taken as far as taking care of children. <laughs> I'm just going to throw that out there. Like, because Liam Neeson will just be like, I know who you are. I know what you did. And I have a particular set of skills. Then Uncle Buck's like, get in your mouse and get out of here. Oh, my but, gosh. But going back to the bit with the principal, so, like, I love, I what I love about that is, like, he comes in with good intention, to talk about the kid. And yeah. like even like there's a kid waiting who's nervous clearly and he's like I'll take care. I'll I'll go first. You can chill for a little bit. And so he's like nice to this random kid. Yeah. And uh he goes and talks to this lady and this lady just shits all over Maisie and calls her a twiddler, a dreamer, a silly hot. <laughs> And she's like, she's like putting all this shit on a kid. And she's like, I don't think she takes anything in her life or at, or in her career as a student seriously. Mm. And he literally just looks at her and is like, she's six. <laughs> she's six. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't think I want to know a kid who's not a twiddler or a silly heart. And I like when he just goes, I don't even, like, I, 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 I didn't, I didn't go to college. I don't even have a job. And then she goes, oh, <laughs> like, she's like better than him. But then he like, right. then he, then he like scolds her. And he's like, if you ever talk about like that towards a kid or anyone else in the school, I'm coming here. I'm coming back and looking for you. And then, and then the great, the great little send off, the great little like ending to it. So like, you'll, you'll immediately notice that she has like 
some kind of abrasion on her, like like the, like a mole right. or something or a wart right. or whatever on her face. And Buck is clearly like zeroed in on it. <laughs> and the first thing he said, like I, I quote this all the time, but like Buck melanoma, Molly Russell's wart. <laughs> and then another thing that John Candy's really great at is just like digging a hole for himself because he's like trying to like save face, but it's failing miserably. Right. Um. But then uh, at the end of the whole thing, after the confrontation, he goes, "Take this quarter, go downtown, and have a rat gnaw that thing off your face." Good day to you, madam. And then he's out. And then he's out. And then she's clearly she's clearly distraught. She goes, next. <laughs> I remember I remember watching Interstellar for the first time and um when Matthew McConaughey at the opening is going to like a, the parent teacher thing and they're like, Oh, your daughter's like, you know, looking at old textbooks and she's not going with the revised history, and he's like and we're we're just thinking that, you know, maybe discipline is probably gonna help and he's like, Well, let's see what I can do. Well, there's a baseball game coming up, it's her favorite team. I'll take her to that. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, that's some Uncle Buck energy right there. Mm, right. But no, that that's 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 by far my favorite thing, is that at the end of the day he is there for the kids. Like even Tia, like they have this clashing the entire time. Yeah, they're always in, like, it's a war the entire time. Yeah. And, like, Tia's got no ammo on him, and he's just like, boom, 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 we're going to, we're going bowling, we're doing this, we're doing this, you don't get a say in it, because um, you're just being rude. And then eventually she learns about Shanice, and then she does some something pretty unfortunate by lying to Shanice and saying that he's seeing another woman on the side. And that's where we get the one of the more uncomfortable moments in the movie, <laughs> where um, Laurie Metcalf is wearing a jockey outfit. <laughs> <laughs> she looked like she was well, like you also made a good point. She looks like she is about to ride something. <laughs> oh, oh man, it, it, she's so funny in that movie. In this movie. <laughs> Just I love the bit at the end where she's like. All right, I'll just go wait for the Federal Express man. <laughs> oh man, uh, good old Marcy. Yes, it's it, it's it's a really it's a really funny movie. It's all, again also just like it's under it's just shy of a hundred minutes, mm. which is nice. It's just mm. nice to have a movie comes in, goes out, well, and then you, then you're just enjoying it. But but oh, well, I forgot. But to finish my point, sorry. Yep. Um, so, so, like, they're at war with each other. We get that uncomfortable scene with jockey Laurie Metcalf. <laughs> when she's dirty dancing, but she's just hitting thighs or whatever that was. Right. Yeah. It was very um, strange. It was very strange. <laughs> but um, uh, Tia, like, runs away and... We don't know what happens, but we can kind of assume something just bad happened, and yeah. that's all we need to know, honestly. Yeah. Um, and so uh, Uncle Buck, even though he's been going through this shit, especially when Tia like admits to him that she manipulated his personal life and basically got Shanice to dump him, uh, he still was like, "I I need to you know find her. I need to yeah. I need to help her." So yeah, Uncle. So. I, I a lot of a lot of points to Uncle Buck for just being there for the kids. 
Yeah. And not taking and not taking the kids to the racetrack. (laughs) (laughs) You got close. Though I would love to see a scenario where it's just Macaulay Culkin is betting on races. <laughs> well, the best part about um, Macaulay Culkin in this movie was we like you could just tell that John Hughes every line he wrote for Macaulay Culkin <laughs> was just like I want him to say these weird shit. <laughs> Will do, Chicky. <laughs> she took Yubi. a breeze, Yubi. <laughs> <laughs> I'm earning my keep. Uncle Buck got me busting my hop. <laughs> I'm just imagining, like, behind the scenes, like, John Hughes and Macaulay Culkin are just chomping cigars, basically. <laughs> <laughs> he gave him one of the Uncle Buck cigars. <laughs> He's yes. just sitting there in this, like, chair. It's like, like, what do you, what do you, uh, what are you guys doing? We're shooting the shit, Yubi. <laughs> because <laughs> uh, again it, it is but, but oh my god it reminds me of my favorite se- my favorite facial reactions where he's like like brushing the teeth scene and like Uncle Buck's going into detail how he's gonna find out and his face that scene is so good <laughs> he's just like oh, and then you hear the sirens like <laughs> if that's true we're really gonna have to start brushing our teeth <laughs> uh but th- this is this this is a great movie. Um, you it's know. a great showcase for John Candy. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So, if you've never seen it, check it out. Uh, if you've seen it before, uh, it might be time to revisit it. Um, we're gonna take a quick break. When we come back, uh, I'm I gotta I gotta t- my during my break I gotta go, I gotta go to my uh, my personal trainer. Um, you mean Yuri, the trainer Yuri, who the trains. Tra- yeah, the trainer who trains, you know. I don't and, trust him. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's a bit, fi- it's a bit fishy. You know, a bit fishy. Uh, I don't trust him. I don't trust him. I don't trust anyone else on that soccer team. He he says he helps with. Mm-mm. Stay tuned. Do not leave Europe. <laughs> Welcome back to Two Dudes, One Double Feature. In our last segment, we talked about the incomparable, the uh, phenomenal, the uh, sometimes, uh, uh, I don't know. It's Uncle Buck. We talked about Uncle Buck. It's Uncle Buck. He's great. That's all you need to know. It's Uncle Buck. Yeah. Um, But now we're moving on to, again, this this was the surprising thing with the second movie because... This is a remake of like a classic series of movies starring Peter Sellers. And at some point I would have thought this was like a series of movies that maybe Joey had seen. But then like the shocking part was that I learned he did, he wasn't really a big fan, but he did like this movie quite a bit, which I uh, was also kind of surprising, but it was, it was a pleasant, it was a welcome thing because I also like have a lot of good memories with this movie, but 
what is this movie, Joe Denny Dan? What 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 am I alluding to? No 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 no. It's it's the um, it's it's the leaked plot line of Deadpool <laughs> three, also known as the Pink Panther. No 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 no. Henry Mancini, man, wow, some good. We don't, we don't talk. We haven't talked about him too much on this show, but dude, dude, some does some great stuff. But, um, uh, you know, so this Pink Panther, it was one of those things where I, I had heard of it as a kid, mm-hmm. um, and I had watched some of the 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 Peter Sellers movies recently and I didn't care it wasn't my type of hum- like Peter Sellers is obviously very funny and very ta- was a very talented guy mm-hmm. they just weren't my speed um as far as that that was concerned um but I remember seeing this in theaters I remember being like Sam obsessed I remember being obsessed and I remember getting the DVD of the cartoons of the Pink Panther. There's like cartoon shorts mm. of uh, the Pink Panther. And um, I remember liked I, I saw it in theaters. I liked it. And then I, I hadn't seen it again until you and I watched it on Netflix. Yeah. Of all things. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was very, it was so random. It was, it like... I don't even remember how it came about. Maybe we like joked about it or something. Because I know, I know, we're both Steve Martin fans. Yeah, and maybe like somehow it was brought up. Pink Panther was brought up or something, and then we were both just kind of like, "Yeah, we we had a lot of fun with that one." (laughs) We're like, "What?" And then I think we we just started watching it. Because we were like, oh man, we should we should revisit that. Was it around the time we did the Steve Martin May- episode? May- or... Maybe. I'm trying to remember. I, because... I, I think it might have been... The one thing I think of is I think it might have been after the Disney trip. Like when we got back. Okay. That's what I think. I could be wrong. Um, But yeah. Uh, but, uh, you know what else I think it is too? It's the, ham- the, the hamburger scene we, we shared. I would like to buy... buy- Hamburger. I. A. Would. Would. <laughs> and listen, like it's like accents can be also like a tricky thing too with um with movies. We'll, we'll you know, but I'm yeah. sorry. <laughs> it. it it can be, but like it, the the French accent is like it's like intentionally a shitty French accent. It, it, it's it's so bad. It's like it's like like people were Dick Van Dyke and Mary Poppins. <laughs> <laughs> Though, like it is funny to think that me, there, there's only actual like one actual French actor in the whole movie. <laughs> so, <laughs> like like Steve Martin is American. Emily Mortimer, I believe, is British. Uh, Kevin Klein is Kevin Klein American, or well, he seems like maybe he's he's like like a classy kind of. Cause he he's just, an ama- he's he yeah he's like it's like you know he's one of those actors where you could have seen either but no he's American. Um, he, he's like John Malkovich. It's like where's John Malkovich from? 
America, but maybe. Yeah. And Jean Renault was born in Jean Renault was born in Casablanca. Oh damn! Using but is is it literally says French Morocco. <laughs> 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 it's so not he's funny. So it's, he's it's just legit. Cool. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, you know, but it's <laughs> <laughs> this movie. Like, it, it. I think because we we like really like things that are just like really like silly. I guess. Yeah. Uh, this is like was, this is like it's like almost Mel Brooks level silly in a way. Um, and some people I think would take insult because <laughs> the way this movie. <laughs> They, prob- they probably would, but the vibes are the vibes of the vibes. We just, we have a good time with it. Yeah. Um, you know, so, uh, Cluzo is, is clueless, you know, most of the time. Yeah. You know, he's, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but he's, and he's put on this assignment by Kevin Klein, specifically Kevin uh, it, Klein. It, uh, was it in Dreyfus? Dreyfus, yeah. Dreyfus. Uh, which, like, it's it's really, like, like uh, Herbert Alam played that part in, I think, some of the, um, in some of the older movies, and he literally, like, goes insane. Mm. Oh, wow. Because of Clouseau. <laughs> it, it, it is. <laughs> it's, like, it, it's so wild. Um, like, there's this whole thing, uh, Yves Guillon, <laughs> uh, played by the beekeeper himself. It is, it was funny to, like, watch the movie, and then see Jason Statham in that role cuz like like cuz obviously at that time Jason Statham probably wasn't like as big as he is now cuz like people know him as like an action star but the fact that he's in the movie right. for like a couple of scenes <laughs> cuz he's the guy that dies it just made it it just makes it kind of wild to like want right. like go yeah. back and be like oh wow Jason Statham's in this and he he's dead <laughs> he doesn't talk even like the he, he, you know, but, he, but there's also there's the Pink Panther, which I, honestly, for most of the movie, I forgot the Pink Panther was even a thing in the movie. The Pink Panther, <laughs> like the, di- the Pink Panther Diamond. Uh, but also Beyonce's in this movie, which is just Qu- the Queen Bee. Yes, she's like she's like bigger than the biggest thing in the world, and like there's that there's a point in history where she was, you know, like had like a slight movie career because. She was in this, like, I know she was in, um, the third Austin Powers movie. She's in, I think, like, one of the last movies she did, wasn't she in The Lion King? She like, was the remake? The Lion... She was in the remake, and that led to, like, a, a Disney Plus, like... Oh, not, Black like, King. They... Yeah. Mm-hmm. I watched that, actually. That was pretty good. I've, I've heard that was really good. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, it's also wild, too, because I believe she sang, like, the Phantom of the Opera's song... At the uh, like the, the, the oh. song they wrote for the movie at the Oscars, so the mid two thousands, so the mid two thousands were an interesting time for Beyonce. honestly, and it's like now now she's like royalty in the music business. It was funny is like yeah, it, you know she's it's credited like, as Beyonce Knowles in the movie, you know, which is her name, but she's just Beyonce, right? So it's true, like. Do you, it's like, do we know any other Beyonces? I don't. It's like her. It's like it's her and Taylor Swift, and it's like that's you know, like <laughs> just Swift in shit back in the just, day. <laughs> I mean, she was in the Lorax. 
She was in the and they both had big concert movies. I mean, obviously, you know, the Eras tour thing was like insane, but like, you know, yeah. uh, props to both. Shout out to Beyonce and Taylor Swift. Like, honestly, because you know they 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 persevered. They did great work. Yep. They continue to do great work, and now they're just like at this whole other level of like they they transcend being musicians. Now they're like actual like yeah. icons. It's like back in the day when Michael Jackson or like any of those guys like were such a huge thing. It's like they transcended what they were, you know. Yeah. So like Beyonce, mm-hmm. Beyonce and Taylor Swift. I agree with that like, for sure. Deserved. Um. But yeah. So so a lot of there's a lot of just like amusing scenes of Steve Martin acting like a buffoon. One of my favorite like running gags is like when he when he's like trying to do like security and he's like, <laughs> "What lovely weather we are having! This weather we are having is. <laughs> I hope it stays this mild." <laughs> uh, but I think I think my favorite thing with I, I don't know if this is how the original Cluzo was. Uh, but I love that in this movie, there's, um, he's clearly like, like, I don't think, I don't think Clouseau is necessarily stupid. I just think he's deaf. He's this, he's more misguided, hmm. I'd say. And, um, cause like, I think, I think he is observational. I just think that he has such a, he has a, such a sense of confidence that it goes so far that even yeah. when he does mess up, he just plays it off like that's what he meant to do the whole time it's it's one of those things where it's kind of works almost both ways like he's more clever than you think he is but he's also not as clever as he thinks he is yes exactly like he's he's definitely smart in a in an ex, to a certain extent but he's nowhere near as smart as he thinks he is uh <laughs> like i love the bit when he's uh he's he's quote-unquote seducing Beyonce's character, <laughs> which is and, so ridiculous, which leads which leads to him destroying the bathroom in her private suite, and he just falls through, and instead of just going like, you know, what was that? He just he just pops up and he's like, we're gonna need towels or something in uh, in room blah in this room, and he just goes two oh four, ding ding, or whatever it is. <laughs> but uh, just again, just any amount of confidence, or even her. <laughs> Anytime he's talking to Dreyfus, and uh, Dreyfus is like pointing out something stupid he said, and he's like, "We think alike." That's <laughs> you, or like, uh, you have how many suspects? Uh, like over two. Th- I have like over two hundred. Forty. He's like, uh, "Have you eliminated any? Just one, Gluon. Gluon's the victim." You see where I'm going with this? <laughs> no, one of my favorites is just like is is just like like the word. I'm a fan of wordplay. He's like a uh, raconteur, and, and he just gives this look. He's just trying to process. Yes. <laughs> I I also love like um when <laughs> when he hears Yuri the trainer who trains coming in, but he doesn't know who it is and he thinks it's a woman wearing Chanel number no. 5 and high heels and it's just Yuri the trainer who trains. <laughs> which which the fact that cuz he's just Yuri obviously, but he's the trainer. What do you do? I train. So you're Yuri the trainer who trains. 
<laughs> Do you have a I pair just... of IELTS in that bag? <laughs> also, Clive Owens in this movie briefly. Because <laughs> I, I, I was trying so hard to think of what other things Clive Owens done lately. And I know he was in like a show uh, where he plays Bill Clinton. And then I, th- I saw a trailer or a commercial for something. He's in like 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 a thriller show where like people are stuck in, in like a uh, like in like a snow encased like I don't know they're stuck somewhere. Well, Mur- like a murder a murder at the end of the world I think it's called. Well, there's um he's in a thing called Monsieur Spade. Well, there's murder at the end of the world, but there's yeah. also uh, Monsieur Spade where he plays Sam Spade. You may remember him as the private private eye from Maltese Falcon. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm definitely curious to see that at some point. But yeah, Murder at the End of the World is is the other thing, and Bill Clinton, um, you know. But it's, but so. like there was a there was a brief moment in time where like Clive Owen was doing pretty well for himself, and he was in a lot of stuff. Yeah, it's like for sure. It was like from the mid to two thousands to maybe like the early two thousand tens, maybe. Yeah. Though now, anytime I think of Clive Owen, I think of not sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Um. I think of because uh, he's in the first Sin City movie, which we talked about. Yes, and uh, then he uh, in the second movie, in the second Sin City movie, Josh Brolin plays a version of his character, but of course oh. they need to like link it to Clive Owen, so uh, <laughs> they they put Josh Brolin in prosthetic makeup to look like Clive Owen, <laughs> right. <laughs> So it's like we couldn't get Clive Owen, but we got Josh Brolin. <laughs> um, I, I I like the 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 Jean Renault is just <laughs> he's just there, he's great. He's he's just there. He's but he but like he he's as much a part of it though as as like anyone in a way because yes. like when when he when it's it's when the movie asks Jean Renault to be silly he's silly mm-hmm. like when they have to like prove their backup dancers uh for Beyonce oh, he, he's then, really he gets into it and he's just like his hands are going and he's shaking his butt and it's like you gotta give him props absolutely um I also just love like like whatever like Cluzo tries to do a surprise attack he's able to immediately <laughs> counter he just punches him but they have a nice little tender one uh yeah. where he like just slightly chops him and then he slightly punches him in the face and he goes good one good one, good one. uh i also just like what he's trying to do when, when Cluzo's trying to do good cop bad cop and... <laughs> it's by himself <laughs> by himself <laughs> but oh my god but uh, the clive owen scene i brought it up because one of my favorite like line deliveries the guest mess bandits <laughs> like don't react or turn around <gasps> the guest mess bandits <laughs> <laughs> oh my god but um but another thing i like with john renault is that like every time he walks into a room um, he somehow finds uh, Cluzo and uh, Emily Mortimer's character in like a compromising position. So he just thinks like he's just like, what are they doing? It's like the first time I think he walks in on him, like she's literally like, I, I called it front front <laughs> piggybacking because <laughs> like she's literally sitting on his shoulders and uh, like they're just trying to do something, and he's like, oh, <laughs> what's going on? <laughs> And then the second time he's like giving her the Heimlich, but from behind it looks different. Right. 
there's a lot of uh a lot of jokes in both of these movies where it's it's you think it's sexual but it's not <laughs> but but there's also like the the bathroom scene where he drops his like his viagra his performance <laughs> pill <laughs> for the middle-aged man, man. <laughs> oh my god uh, i i, uh, I, I oh, yeah no, no i'll let you go you go like uh, the other thing with Jean Reno is when like they're trying to like stalk, uh, they're trying to like you know investigate uh, Zanya, and they have the newspapers. Newspaper, <laughs> <laughs> newspaper. I also I, I think it's worth it's worth mentioning that this movie is very anti-cyclist. Oh my gosh, dude! <laughs> <laughs> the amount of scenes where a cyclist is hit with something or is pushed over, <laughs> like literally the first time it's. Uh, Cluzo knocks a big globe and it goes through the hallways of the building they're in and then it goes outside and there's a whole team of cyclists and they all wreck. Oh man. So this movie does not like cyclists. Let's just <laughs> No. It it was repeat it, it it happened quite a bit. Um <laughs> but <laughs> It, it, it it's just it's just really it's 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 a good time um oh what you think you point out is each movie has has a scream connection yeah um so emily mortimer i don't know if you, you I, I might have mentioned it in the scream episode but emily mortimer uh is in scream 3 and originally at least according to like some early scripts or anything it was a, apparently emily mortimer was supposed to be the second ghost face uh with roman bridger but that never happened and to this day i am eternally bummed by that because i love i i genuinely love emily mortimer as as an actor she she's definitely one of those actors that i think really just goes for it and anything she's like a character actor in many respects mm -hmm. yeah and i think she would have honestly been done a really good job in that in that instance had she gotten had she been given that opportunity to play right. that to play uh the other ghost face um but i am glad that you know she's done other things obviously yes and i know like like because like i know recently it was announced that she's replacing sally hawkins in paddington 3 and so like as like listen sally hawkins is mrs brown but at the same time i i do love emily mortimer so i'm not entirely upset but it's it's it, no, it's it's conflicting. They, but still. they found they found a they found a good like replacement, you know, mm -hmm. in that case. So I can't you can't be that upset about it. Plus, I, I it makes me think of how she was like the sister to Ben Wishaw in Mary Poppins Returns. Oh yes, yes. And I'm like, it's they already like it's Paddington's sister from a different movie. Um, but no, I, I genuinely love Emily Mortimer and it, and she is very fun in this movie as well. Like she plays ball as much as anybody else in the movie. Yes. Um, lots of physical comedy. Like I love the bit when, uh, um, they try to have like a, like a tender moment and, uh, he takes, uh, Steve Martin takes her glasses off and he's like, you look beautiful without your glasses. And then she's like, oh, but then she can't see. So she's like, oh, <laughs> and she runs into a tree. Uh, but the best thing is when he compares women to artichokes. <laughs> and I mean, it's a great save. It takes some yeah, work to get great. to their heart. Like, hats off. Um, but uh, then the other the other thing is that Laurie Metcalf 
is in Uncle Buck, and she is a ghost face. <laughs> and of the two of them, um, the one that's scarier, <laughs> you can kind of guess <laughs> which one is the ghost face. Because <laughs> I would definitely say Marcy is significantly scarier. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah. 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 Um, Mar- Marcy, Marcy, in many ways, is like Beyonce in in Pink Panther, because because clearly, like Emily Mortimer and uh, Steve Martin are meant to be like the ones that are meant to be together, but then you have Beyonce come in, mm-hmm. and uh, literally, literally, literally every time Cluzo has an interaction with her, uh, she's allowed to do whatever she wants because he's madly in love with her, <laughs> and it was the the song is pretty good. The song is very good. Yeah. Yeah. Woman like me. I believe that's what it is. <laughs> Something like that. Yeah. I'm like, wow, this almost could have been like a James Bond movie. Like, this is like, <laughs> there are it actual James Bond songs that are worse than this. <laughs> and and it's just sad because I don't think Beyonce's done a James Bond song. Oh, man. You know that, no. that that's the that's the big play Amazon needs to go for for the James Bond movies. <laughs> like James Bond, the next James Bond needs Beyonce to do the theme. Though it's funny to think that Beyonce's done kind of like a James Bondy kind of song for Pink Panther, and she did um, uh, the Charlie's Angels song for Charlie's Angels. Literally, the song starts with um, uh, Lucy Liu and My Girl Drew. Cameron D and Destiny, Charlie's Angels, come on. So that was more Destiny's Child, but still, she is part of that. Right, right, right. Um, but, um, yeah, it is kind of funny to think about that. But these these two movies, right? These movies are like the epitome of goofy in so many ways, and they both just highlight some of our favorite aspects of two people that we genuinely love uh, as for their work. And, you know, I, I, we look at John Candy, like I said this to Joey after the movie, I'm like, every time I watch uncle Buck, I get sad because it just makes me think about like how, cause like, cause John Candy unfortunately passed away at such an early age, you know, and I'm thankful he, he got to do the work that he got to do though, you know, and he's, he's, he's in a handful of different things, but it would have been nice to like see him prosper and grow and you know, like, like anyone who died at, at a young age, it would have been nice to see that. But you're always asking what if, you know? Yeah. You're always asking, yeah, you're always asking what if. And, but at the end of the day, it's like, I feel like I'm glad that uncle Buck exists as like a showcase for John Candy because it, it, it really allows him to like show off his comedic talents, but also his, his more dramatic stuff. Yeah, Absolutely. Hundred percent, and then oh, did you, did you want to then Steve Martin, <laughs> uh, and then and then Steve Martin just being really silly, and like I mean I I also think about this and I think about uh, Dead Men Don't Wear Plaid, which we've talked about mm. on the show before, and <laughs> I just uh, I love Steve Martin so funny. <laughs> <laughs> Steve like. It's funny, too, because, like, obviously, we talked about Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, and that movie is, like, the pairing of these two uh, iconic uh, comedy geniuses. And the, the funny thing is, like, John Candy plays more like the, the silly guy, and then 
Steve Martin plays more like the straight guy, but the way Steve Martin plays the straight guy is still like goofy in, in its own like inherent right, honestly. Especially like the scene where he's like really mad about his rental. <laughs> it's like I need a fucking car. <laughs> but uh, this this one because like Steve Martin also wrote this co wrote the screenplay I believe for yeah. this version of Pink mm-hmm. Panther. So yeah. and I and I imagine would you would you say the original one was trying to be like a showpiece for Peter Sellers more comedic um, I, angles? I feel like the- I, I mean, because so, I only watch like a handful of them. Keep in mind, but like I didn't feel like there were like Peter Sellers was definitely a, a, a important part, but I feel like it was more focused on other characters. Like David Niven was in the first one, I believe, or he was in Shot in the Dark, one of the two, and I felt like it was like those first couple were like more about like other characters and okay. like Shot in the Dark. If I'm not mistaken, I think was a stage play that didn't even have Clouseau in the first place. Oh. I gotta double check that, but you know, let me double check now, because uh, this half is not that long. Uh, blah, 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 <laughs> We're, we haven't even reached the half hour mark yet. We're getting there though. Yeah, this film uh, was not originally written to include Clouseau, but was an adaptation of a stage play by Harry Kermitz, adapted from a French play "Le Idiot" by Marcel <laughs> Archard. I like that title, "Le Idiot." That's my but autobiography. I feel, I feel like. If Disney got a whole like if Disney heard a character name like that, they would make that character the the first gay Disney character. <laughs> L'idiot. Le fool. Uh. <laughs> no one is as stupid as L'idiot. <laughs> exactly. Um, but yeah, well I guess my point being like, you know, he's there, obviously, he's a big presence, but I feel like the first couple of them it's like there's other th- a lot more going on, I guess. Okay. Um, you know, and, and that's not to say it wasn't a showcase for. It definitely was in some ways, but I, I didn't get that as much as other things. Um, okay. So this one and definitely. I think, and, 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 yeah. Oh, no, you go. You got. No, I, I forgot what I was gonna say. Actually, <laughs> what if I did? No, I'm kidding. I didn't. But. <laughs> so. So this one definitely then, and that at least within this context, I've never seen the movies, but like this one definitely feels like a showcase for Steve Martin and just like the silliness uh, that he brings. Because, and I say, and I and I do say, it makes me think of like a Mel Brooks movie, and only because like I feel like Mel, I feel like Mel's comedic sensibilities feel similar to Steve Martin's in a way. Like if you mm-hmm. watch a Steve Martin movie, like like Dead Men Don't Wear Plaid feels like a Mel Brooks movie. Yeah, like yeah, apparently, yeah, yeah. and I could see that. Sure, and hell, they're both in the Muppet movie. <laughs> Not that that has anything to do with it, but they are. <laughs> I, I, my, my brother and I quote Steve Martin's cameo. Oh, may, may I? I? <laughs> <laughs> One of the finest wines in all of Idaho. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, but like, uh, but I, I think I think what, what I also I think the approach too I think about with like Mel Brooks or Steve Martin, it just feels like they throw everything at the wall. Like it's like it almost doesn't feel like anything was cut out because it just feels like they're trying everything. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's like it, some stuff some stuff lands, some stuff doesn't, but usually you get something pretty good. And it's just like they they also I feel like. 
while they're doing that, they also just kind of know what they're doing at the same time. Yeah. Like they, like they know who they're working with. They know what they can get. Like, like I, like, again, I feel like everybody along with Steve Martin work really well. Like, like Kevin Klein works so well as the frustrated boss. He's like, like Kevin Klein's so funny in the movie. Like, I still love the first time he, like, interacts with Cluzo, and he, like, flashes his badge, but it flies off and just stabs him. <laughs> and then and then he pulls it off, and he just goes, Zit had to help. I also just love when he's, like, he's, like, uh, like Cluzo's lowest point, and, um, Dreyfus is, like, starting to say things like Cluzo. <laughs> 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 like he's so happy that Gluso like like he he sees Cluzo's name on like the guest list for the the ball and he's like he's a disgraced man <laughs> he wouldn't be going to this uh but no he's so funny and uh Jean Renault is is such a great like straight character kind of like the like the guy that knows how to do everything but also he's like he can be super funny as well in his interactions yes. and also in his own right Emily Mortimer, super funny. Uh, even like Yuri, the trader who trades, Kittredge, yes. <laughs> is really funny. I love the. I love when they're like they have their accent moment, <laughs> where he's got his oh. Russian accent. Oh my gosh! And, and he's got his French accent. He's like, "Oh, you need to work on your accent." <laughs> what? Oh <my> <laughs> You're like, "Oh my god!" It's amazing, uh, folks. Uh, uh, you know, what's your favorite John Candy movie? What's your favorite Steve Martin movie? Uh, are you, uh, I probably know the answer to the question. Are you more of a Steve Martin pink, uh, Clouseau or do you like Peter Sellers Clouseau? Uh, do you like the Roberto Benini one where he plays the son of Clouseau? Do you like the uh, cartoon? Alan Arkin. <laughs> um. <laughs> like which pink Panther is your pink Panther? And whatever yeah. your answer is, it's wrong, like mine is. Because <laughs> it has to be Peter Sellers or Bust. It has to be Roberto Benini. <laughs> but I'm really curious, who's your favorite Uncle Buck? Is it John Candy or is it the TV show that they made like years later? Oh my gosh. I, there's a, so, somebody on YouTube made a video about that. <laughs> I just ran it because, like, obviously looking up stuff about Uncle Buck, I was like, oh, yeah, there's a TV show. It's so wild. So wild. Anyway, that's going to wrap it up for this week's episode of Two Dudes, One Double Feature. Check us out next time. Have a good night, everyone. Do not leave Europe! Thank you all for listening to Two Dudes, One Double Feature. Please follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Special shout out as always to John and Kenny Armstrong. Thank you guys for everything you do. We love you both so much. And of course, stay tuned for a brand new episode of Two Dudes, One Double Feature. Oh, may, may I? I?